one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students. To belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this, the latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I'm your host, Mike Falkenstein, and I'm here again today with Ken Watmore. And uh, Ken, uh, we just did last episode our Chuck Lawless interview, and I had to do that uh, solo again. It's great to have you back. Thanks. It's good to be back for sure. Yeah. How'd your, uh, your new year, everything went well? Everything was great. Yeah. We had our oldest home from college and... Uh, Got you know we got to do a lot of great family stuff for the last couple of weeks. It's been that's great. It's been really nice. Uh, very mellow and game nights and going to oh that's fun. Going to hang out together, going out and you know getting food together. Just the, the little things that you kind of don't think about uh, that that are so fun to do with your family. So having him home was great, and having uh, the opportunity to kind of relax a little bit and take time with all of our kids and. Uh, enjoy each other. It was it was really nice. That's great. Yeah, how about you? Uh, good. Yeah, everything went really well. We had a good uh, uh, we had a good Christmas season and good uh, good season for uh, for New Year's and yeah, it went really well. We had a good time together as a family. Uh, I know. I actually don't know if a lot of our our listeners know this, but uh, in addition to doing this with me, uh, sort of professionally, you're in the the car business, and I know it was. As an auto broker, it was kind of busy yeah. end of the year too, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a crazy time in the car business, uh, and, and you know, not always. It just thank the Lord, my my business focuses on some clients that need to do end of year hmm. uh, kind of things for accounting, and uh, they, you know, they have to expense certain amounts or buy things on time, and um, there's certain tax credits for different vehicles and things like that. So it was a great end of year for business as well. Uh, so very thankful for that too. That's really great. Yeah. That's great. So uh, if we wanted to, we could do a show on uh, whether we should lease or buy. <laughs> You'd be able to help us with that. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it probably depends on the circumstances, too. No doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. So great. Well, maybe we'll uh, we'll add that to the schedule at a later date. But Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, everyone, thanks for joining us. We're so glad that you're with us. And uh you know, it's our deep heart, of course, here to be mobilizing Christians towards the Great Commission. And, you know, we're, yeah, I've had actually a pretty encouraging last couple of weeks. Uh, Ken, as I was telling you, there's some new sort of internet-based mediums where people are now doing full, I mean, it's almost like attending a kind of a conference session, uh, but it's all kind of online and cloud-based. And, you know, so there are pockets of people that are very keyed in right yeah, to absolutely. uh to the great commission to fulfilling the great commission i mean it's interesting amongst those pockets it's interesting how so many people are really saying boy this job of fulfilling the great commission should 
already be over. <laughs> I mean, we've had 2,000 years to, to do it. And so, so, of course, our heart is, you know, I just think if we had a move of God amongst the Christians, even in North America, to really take this seriously, the command and what Jesus wants us to be doing, we could have a, we could have a huge impact even in our own country. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, I'm, you know, my anytime that we talk about that kind of stuff, I immediately see uh, tents in my head, right, and the the old tent revival type things mm. um, uh, of the days of uh, Billy Graham's uh, great evangelistic uh, efforts here in the country, mm-hmm. um, which led to global evangelistic efforts. So yeah, I do think that the you know it. I actually think it doesn't take that many people to mobilize to share the gospel now with technology. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, how quickly could you put together an event to just focus on sharing the gospel, right? In any city USA. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Or even, yeah, an internet based thing that people are, you know, plugging into and just listening or watching or yeah, there's a lot of that. So that's been, uh, that's been really fun for me. Well, in today's episode, you know, we've um, been doing a series that we're calling, the Great Commissionless Church, and the idea is that we're bringing out some of these things that we see in the modern-day church, particularly, it seems like, in North America, and then kind of the reasons behind that and sort of then giving some giving some suggestions on ways that churches can not become or not continue to be the Great Commissionless Church. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about reason number four, that we see these great commissionless churches. And reason number four is that it just seems like, as I've done some research about this, that some church leaders developed a skewed, I don't want to say, I don't know if I want to say convoluted, but definitely just kind of a, a skewed view of missions and great commission work. And I was just telling you a minute ago, I mean, the, the way that I kind of got into this mobilizing Christians into the Great Commission and beginning to do the research and beginning to uh, ask, you know, the Lord what he wanted me to do about what I was finding out was that, uh, you know, for the China ministry that I'm involved in, we did a postcard campaign where we were trying to get interest in this, what we were calling the Heart to Heart Sister Church Partnership, which was just a, was just a way to partner churches in North America with churches in China in this kind of this heart-to-heart relationship. And part of that was the church in the States or in Canada in North America would be involved with um, helping them build a church building. And so, so as I began to then call the people that we'd sent the postcard to, uh, I was just really surprised how few churches had a dedicated missions department then I got to go back to scriptures and kind of learn, you know, kind of re reexamine. Okay, what was that? What, what what did Jesus really want for us in terms of the Great Commission? And I guess if I were to sort of give an umbrella term for the skewed view of the Great Commission and missions in churches, is that a lot of church leadership it seems like takes kind of a partial obedience, right? Mm-hmm. Well. We're a church, so we've got to do sort of something, mm-hmm. but we don't really want to put the effort into doing all that much because, you know, it is true that that doing outreach of any kind does take some kind of effort, yeah, right? And, that's in, right? and intention. I mean, maybe even you can say that in our own lives, mm-hmm. right? And we have neighbors all around us, but 
They may remain unreached unless we're the ones to actually go out of our house and go knock on their doors and, you know, whatever. But so so we're, we may be guilty of that, too, in some regards. But but certainly in terms of this this kind of the skewed idea of missions, it just seemed like it was kind of a partial obedience. I know I've heard churches that have said, well, we're not going to be involved, but we're going to encourage our our people to do, you know, to, to support missionaries. But it just seems like to me that there's, you know, in scripture, there's just a lot that we can say about what the purpose of the church is. And uh, I'm interested to know, Ken, uh, have you seen some of that too in churches in terms of kind of, kind of half involvement or whatnot? Well, I think I've, I think I've maybe seen it from afar. Uh, As I've mentioned before, I'm, you know, I'm very thankful that uh, I'm our church, our home church is uh, is super involved in missions globally mm, and that's great. Uh, locally. So I, you know, I'm very thankful to see uh, maybe the good example of <laughs> of being involved. You know, we're, we've got people all over the world that they're supporting and not just supporting. And I think this is to the point, right? It's not just about having your congregation support people um, that are out there. It's actually having your church have people to support the people, right? I mean, not, oh, right. not just financially, but being a, a contact point, finding out what their needs are. What, you know, what do we need to pray for? What do we need to provide? How, do, how can we best help you? Do we need to send people? What, you know, what, is, what are the needs on the ground that we can address and help with? Um, and so I'm very blessed to be part of a church that does all those things. That's great. Uh, and still focuses on the local inner city missions, the backpack drives, the food drives, all that kind of stuff too. So I think that's good. But from afar, do I see other churches um, you know, having been uh, involved in radio, you know, years before, right. um, I got to talk to different people involved in ministry and missions mm-hmm. and things across the country um, and and elsewhere and, you know, in different parts of the world too. And I did see and talk to uh, plenty of people who were who didn't have that kind of support system. Um, I think that that is, it's critical. I think for churches to know that, you know, it is part of what we're called to do. And certainly as a church body, um, it's what we're called to do. And if we're going to have a building that's called the church and it's going to be, you know, this structure of support, um, then it needs to not just be for your congregation, but for people that you're sending out in the world. Yeah, that's right. And that's a good, uh, good segue to the next section of this, which I think is to me, you know, I've really had to go back and say, okay, what is the primary purpose of the church? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've just written down sort of three primary things that I think it seems to me like God wants the church to be involved in. The first one, it's interesting because it really comes a lot from my experience in China, right? The, when we would help build, when we do help build a church building, it becomes such a hub for the gospel. And then I think, boy, in our areas, it's kind of the same way, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if in terms of training people, and even before training, uh, evangelizing people, training people, a place where you can go and get good experience, good, you know, I mean, it's a real hub for the gospel. So I think yeah. that's when Jesus set up the uh, the church through Peter in Matthew 16, it was really wanting to have these concentrated areas of kind of gospel activities, right? Mm-hmm. Number two, then to go into the world and share the gospel and then number three, make sure that that gospel that uh, that we're, we're talking about in our churches is really a, what I'd call kind of a real and true gospel, mm-hmm. because, you know, we see that some too, right, in churches where sure. it's, 
you know, uh, even my wife has a, in her testimony, she has a deal where she grew up in a, a, what is now considered to be a sort of a liberal denomination type church Mm -hmm. and didn't hear the gospel until she, she left that church, (laughs) uh, when she went off to college, you know, she was a church goer her whole life, but Mm -hmm. kind of a good stories, preaching through the papers kind of a thing. And so, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, at I least was, in my mind, if you're going to take the effort to do it and meet together and have a building and gosh, you should probably preach the gospel, right? Absolutely. And I almost, uh, I almost, when you were saying that, I almost said the title of a book, uh, oh. as an example, and I'm not going to say it, but, oh, okay. um, but unlike these places where, you know, you, you go to church on Sunday to hear how to do your best today, uh, oh, right. how to be your best. Oh, right. right. I mean, uh, that's oh. not... That's not the guy. I know what you're talking. Yeah. I know yeah. maybe what you're thinking about too, but uh, you're right. And if it's just that, boy, I just think it may not. Yeah, it's not worth it. So, so if that then is the purpose of the church, and we're talking about these sort of these skewed ideas of sort of missions in churches, you know, I think in terms of encouragement for kind of encouragement number one for for pastors and church leaders here before we we take our break, you know. Can I, I think a lot of pastors sort of cut a deal with their congregations in these churches and say, hey, you come, you give us money, uh, we'll not require all that much of you, and we'll just all sort of say that we're kind of doing kind of all that God wants, right? right? And, you know, you can kind of get into a pretty nice little arrangement there where, you know, uh, the, the church is not going to ask much of you. Because, you know, as we've just said, to for a for church members to say the the fulfillment of the great commission is we as church leaders have a part in that but a lot of this has to do with you yeah you you have neighbors you have co-workers you have that's actually requiring a lot and boy even this morning i was in a bible study with some guys and we're talking about you know the apostle paul for to me to live as christ and to mm-hmm. die as gain I mean, he, he wanted nothing but to know Christ and him crucified and mm-hmm. to, f- to finish the ministry that God had given him. And, you know, actually in the Christian life, there's a, a ton required of us, yeah. you know? And so, and so in those churches that say, hey, it's okay, you come, you, you know, give us some money. We won't require that much. Yeah. That's a... That's kind of a skewed view, isn't it? It is. And I know before we go to break, maybe here's a yeah. thought to hang on. Uh, yes. And I, and I know you didn't anticipate this coming, but. Please. Um, so so on a Sunday morning, I think it's important for a church to be welcoming to people because you want people that haven't been to the church or have felt uncomfortable going to the church or maybe just got up the nerve right. to go to church, right? You want them to feel welcome and warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. But. Once you've been in the church, maybe sometimes it should feel a little uncomfortable to be challenged Yes, as to right. what you're doing. And I, I say that even to me too. So is it a place for the church to sometimes put the, turn up the gas a little bit? All right. <laughs> you're right. And I've been thinking about that from kind of a, a missions pastor's perspective. There is something to be said about on one hand. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want newcomers or yeah. people that are seeking to, yeah, go yeah. what in the world? I'm just coming here to check things out, you know. Right. Uh, but maybe that level, that that deeper that deeper level is 
maybe you have separate meetings for people who are members or people who are yeah, you and then know. it's an issue of who attends, right? I mean, it, yeah, you know, right, right, right. So, I mean, how many congregational meetings have I not stayed for after the service, right, or right. something like that? But I think there is a place where you can, you know, and and I've seen it, so that's good, right? Uh, to say, hey, if you're new here and visiting, you know, we just want you to feel welcome, and there's people around you. If you have any questions, or if you want to get connected, or you know, if you want to just sit there and not get connected to, all that's right, sit fine. in the back, and, and yeah, and, you know, and we're just so thankful that you're here. But to those of you that are here and are you know regular attendees or members, hopefully of our church, mm-hmm. um, if you're not doing something, you need to do something. Yeah, so, that's I mean, right. I think there's a, I think there's yes. some pressure that needs to be put on, and I need pressure every now and then. That's I do, right. You know, that's right. And so maybe the encouraging part to that or the encouragement part to that for for pastors and church leaders is yeah don't be afraid to that's right you know challenge your people yeah i mean there's paul wasn't afraid yeah that's right right? paul certainly wasn't afraid peter wasn't afraid (laughs) yeah that's right once he started really speaking the gospel and the truth he that's right he was no longer afraid yeah that's right well that's a good place to stop for us uh for our our break we'll let our friend tom muller uh say a few words and uh we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Tom Muller. As a pastor or ministry leader, you know the value of having congregation members excited about God's work, both at home and abroad. Think about having a church full of people who know their place in God's great mission, engaged to reach the world for Jesus. That's a church on fire. Or maybe you're a conference director looking for a dynamic speaker to come in and point people toward fulfilling the Great Commission in their lives. Mike Falkenstein would love to come and serve your church or conference by making a great speech to attendees on a Sunday morning or for a weekend event, making your event a huge success. Mike has a deep desire to make your job easier. Visit Mike's website at Mike falkenstein.com and go to the speaking page to find out more about how you can have them come and serve you in this way well ken we're having a great uh, conversation here and for the kind of the second point that both sort of the 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 challenge and the encouragement as it relates to kind of skewed ideas about sort of missions and missions work in in churches you know i think and this is a really challenging one for me because, you know, I think most people, most church members and even church leaders support their local work, their local church body, mm-hmm. like it's all about them, right? We, we want to have nice facilities and really fantastic, and now, I don't know that there's anything necessarily wrong with that in itself, but if 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 the nice building and the nice programs and the mother's day out stuff is all that it's about yeah it's just no different than like a community center sure right and so um so really it's okay to have those things if the purpose is to if you're bringing people in with the purpose of hey we want you to know jesus yeah and i'm not even sure it's bad to have a nice building to then say hey we're gonna do a ton of training about you know we want all of our people to be able to share the gospel, so we've got classroom space where we're going to, you know, right. we have, so so what do you think about that? I mean, it just seems like if it's just all about us and us feeling comfortable, mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't go quite far enough. That's true. And I do, I think that there's a, maybe a, I think there's a lot of great churches that 
do have fantastic facilities. Our church, my 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 home church, is one mm-hmm. of those churches. They have unbelievable facilities, uh, an affluent community. You know, it, it 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 looks beautiful. Everything's beautiful. The worship team is uh, at a level of excellent, and I mean, it is uh, almost angelic. Sometimes our choir, oh. right? I mean, it's oh, just right. unbelievably high caliber stuff. Yet the the church does a really great job of still doing all the work and focusing on Christ. So I, I have to give them credit for that. I think it's a dangerous line and I think it's a dangerous trend in our country, yes. especially to have the niceties overwhelm the message. So, yes. um, uh, you know, I feel like I even feel with our church, even though I think they're doing a fantastic job, everything's great. I'm not, there's no criticism on my part of that right now. Um, but I think it's a dangerous line and you have to walk it very carefully uh, because you could easily go over the line and all of a sudden turn things about, you know, your place, or your process, your uh, everything. more about and, us. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I yeah. think that we talked about that too in life, right? I mean, how me as a worker, right? A, an individual, not the church, but I'm part of the church. Yes. Um, how do I make sure that what I'm doing, and even in what we do, right? And we, we get involved in media to some extent, right? That's How right. Do I make it so it's not about me. That's right. Because our draw always in in our flesh is, of course, I want, I mean, I can say it's not about me, but I like the attention of being on TV or being yeah, on the right. radio or right. being, you know, the most popular at one thing or another or being an expert at one thing or another. I mean, I there's some pride involved there. And we have to be very, very careful to keep that in check. And that goes from the individual up to the small group, up to the congregation, and into the facility of the church as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. As long as Christ is the center, Yeah. right, then uh, it's not bad to have some of those things. Sure. So That's right. Yeah. So my encouragement to folks is that, uh, yeah, if... Just to do maybe maybe even just a self-assessment or a church-wide assessment of kind of where you're at in that process and mm-hmm. whatnot. So um, the third and final area in this idea of, of convoluted or sort of skewed view of missions is, yeah, and this is actually kind of a tough one for me because, uh, you know, like at my own church, I'm trying really hard to get some kind of, you know, small, some sort of short-term missions trip type stuff going, mm-hmm. which we don't have right now. On the other, so that can be obviously really great, super great, and yeah. that that's a whole episode of its own, quite frankly, because of some of the things that are beginning to brew in the missions community about even the uh, the effectiveness of uh, short term missions trips and how effective are they really and whatnot. But on the other hand, I have seen people that go, yeah, they're really the only things our church does. We take a small group to Guatemala every. July, and we go to Dominican Republic in November, mm-hmm. and those are the only two things that they do, right? <laughs> and um, I heard a uh, pastor on the uh, internet recently say something like that life is a long-term missions trip, and every week is a short-term missions opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in other words, we really need to be mission uh, on mission or fulfilling the Great Commission all the time. Yeah. I mean, if it's only, you're only doing, you're you're only on mission two weeks a year. Yeah. You got 50 weeks that you, you have to account for. Right. Right. And so, so, I mean, 
life is a long-term missions trip. We have, it kind of goes to what I've said before about, yeah, I might be in Guatemala that week, but when I get back to Denver or Dallas or mm-hmm. wherever I live, Atlanta, yeah, there are mission opportunities, you know, all around me. Right. So that's true. And I, I, I'll just chime in uh, on yeah. this because I do know there's a lot of talk out there about the effectiveness of short-term missions. Um, yes. And I would say on one hand, if the conversation is, are they detrimental to the place you're going? That's a valid conversation. I think it's worth yes. having. If the conversation is, well, short-term missions, uh, you know, you really don't do much in a short period of time. You're not making a huge impact. And, you know, I, I would have to say, I, as a guy, I, like, you, you've been on enough missions-minded trips over the years yes. with, you know, your China Resource Center, long-term, short-term, everything. Well, as a guy who has a family that wants to be involved in missions, but doesn't, you know, we haven't gone, we haven't gone overseas or anything yet. Right. So I need a short-term mission trip and, and I need a guy like you who can help lead me in the preparation for a short-term mission trip. And I'll tell you a story. I have a very dear friend of mine who, um, you know, years ago, he had never been on a missions trip. He was in church, heard someone talking about Africa and felt like he needed to do something, went on a short short term missions trip to Africa. And when he came back, he told his wife, you got to come with me and go back. They went on one together. They came back, sold everything. And now they have a missions ministry in Africa, digging clean water wells and ministering to uh, these small communities outside of Kenya. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, and they they live there now, right? They're, so the short term mission leads to a long term mission. It, it is a changed heart, and I know that's overplayed almost to say that you know the person who goes on the mission trip benefits more than the person that they're ministering to, <laughs> right? But the truth is, is that often well, it, it's it, true, it's right? true, yeah. and it changes the heart of those people. And if you don't have the short term missions, then you're never going to have the long term missions. Um, that's and right. You're not going to build up more people that are missions minded to go out and change the world. Yeah, that's right. No, you're you're highlighting what's good about short-term missions right. trips that's for right. sure. And certainly, uh, you know, A, I'm certainly not against them. Right. Uh, in terms of the, the larger missions community, the talk more is, the first thing that you said that's is, right. you know, what's the benefit to those who are there, right? And in fact, in China, a lot of times I've had pastors go, you know, we have to do so much work yeah. in advance to get ready for you guys coming. Mm, that's a good <laughs> and, point. And, you know, they're just, it's just a lot of work for them. And, you know, that takes a week out of their schedule. And what's the long term impact? All of that, which is, you know, probably for another episode. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, you're certainly highlighting the good part about a short term missions trip is that for you can want more to go maybe even for your first time and see what God's doing in another place. God does all kinds of cool things through that in people's hearts. So, you know, that's certainly not the issue really for this episode. If the, the two trips a year to Guatemala are on the church calendar as the only things that we're doing, that's right. (laughs) That's more the larger, right. That's more the larger point is again it kind of goes back to what i said before that the that the pastors who cut a deal with their congregations that hey i'm not going to require all that much of you yeah let's just kind of do this a couple times a year 
Yeah. And, you know, it's more of that kind of a deal. It's a two-week so. two week vacation to some extent. I mean, yeah, that's, that's probably right. an exaggeration in the wrong yeah, way. But, that's right. But true, you know, yeah. it's on the calendar. Yeah, it's there. That's right. That's what we do. That's right. So if that's your church today, again, I would just encourage you to look at how you can make the life of those, life of your church, really, and even the life of those at your church a a long-term mission trips and have every week be a short-term mission opportunity. Because, again, around you in your neighborhood, there's just... You know, there's just in your in your community, in your state, there's just all kinds of incredible things that you can be doing to yeah. see gr- uh, Great Commission fulfillment in uh, your church. So, Ken, as we uh, end this episode, any last thoughts from you? Well, just on that with the church, again, we've talked about it before, but I do think that when probably when pastors or, you know, someone in the church leadership roles hear us talk about that sometimes they may think well again that's i don't have time i don't i can't i don't have the energy to put forth or Mm -hmm. you know to to make that kind of effort and i'm and i would say encouraging again that's the place where you lean on your congregation to say hey we all have roles to play here and we are called to missions locally globally but all the time it's not Mm -hmm. a once in a while thing it's all the time and that's right. We need leadership from the congregation to get involved and set up opportunities for us to have local ministry outreach. Uh, we need people in the congregation that have a heart for missions that want to get involved in our maybe scheduling our short term and long term mission trips globally. Mm-hmm. Um, and who, by the way, <laughs> who in the congregation has been on a short term mission trip All right. and knows something about it yeah. so that you can help us? Yeah, you so, probably find some yeah, folks. So. There's, there's plenty of workers, right? I mean, in this, in this capacity, but we never call on them. You know, I know that God said the harvest is plenty and the workers are few, and that's the truth. But, but there's uh, what I'm saying is, uh, that there are plenty of workers that we don't ever realize are there in the congregation. That's right. That are willing, but somebody needs to put some pressure on them to jump in. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Right. So pastors, don't be afraid to, yeah, yeah uh, see who might rise to the to the top in That's that right. in that deal. So, well, that's great. Well, you guys, uh, thanks so much, everyone, for joining us. Uh, again, you can go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com and learn more about uh, what we're doing here with the Made for Missions podcast and the other uh, programs that we have. I'm at Missions Mike on Twitter. I would love to hear from you. Uh, Ken is at Ken Watmore uh, on Twitter as well. And uh, Ken, I know you're, you're you're trying to do even a little more on Twitter from time to time. So that's from good. time to time. I'm still yeah. not good at it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> not takes... that I don't have the ability to tweet, right? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, right. It takes I'm just time. not good at uh, spending time on it because I'm, I'm focused on other things during the day, but, uh, that's but right. I'm trying to get better. That's and, right. Uh, okay, good. Well, I'm sure you'd love I to will. hear from folks. So. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So thanks everyone for joining us and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the made for missions podcast. <laughs>